Hey, let's pray as we start. Uh, Heavenly Father, thanks for this time. Thank you for uh, this church family that we can worship together and that we can open up your word. Uh, And so help us now. Just speak to us. Uh, Reveal your spirit to us. Encourage us with your truth. Uh, Amen. Well, uh, again, it's good to be back with you. It's been a little while since we've been able to worship together. Uh, My wife Judy and I, we've been in our house in St. Charles about a year and a half now, um, and we just finished our first major house project since we moved in. We just redid our basement completely. Uh, We uh, wanted to make it a playroom for our son, so we did new uh, paint and new carpet and, and all this stuff. And And in order to save as much money as we could, uh, we decided to do the work ourselves. Uh, And if there's one thing that you all need to know about me, you need to know that these are not workers' hands, these are preachers' hands. Uh, And so if you ever need help with a house thing, do not call me. Uh, I will not be able to help unless you want me to pray over it. I'm happy to do that, but that's about all. Uh, I can do. And so this took us, took us weeks to do this. It was just a long and, and painful process. Uh, in fact, this is how I spent New Year's Eve. Uh, I rang in the new year, scraping glue off of our concrete floor that was holding the old carpet down. I was just scraping and inhaling glue dust. I think Judy fell asleep at like 10 o'clock. Uh, we really know how to party in the Scavato house. It was awesome. What a great New Year's that was. Uh, but finally, after, after several weeks, we, we finished the work. And it turned out great. It looked better than, than I ever thought was possible. It, it turned out beautifully. And I remember this moment of, of taking our son down and, and going down there as a family for the first time. And I remember just him seeing all the toys and the activities and the things that we, we put down there. And I remember just having this moment of remembering, oh yeah, that's why we did all this work. I don't know, maybe if if you've done a, a house project or something, you know that feeling of just being satisfied, of just being able to to just breathe, because the work was done. And I remember this moment of, of just being able to see him and, and being able to see the person that we made it for enjoy the work that we had done. And that feeling, that, that moment, that experience is what I want to talk about today with you. We've been going through this series called The Gospel in Genesis for about a month now, and and we've been exploring these first three chapters of the first book of the Bible and looking at this foundation for what it means to be human, what it means to be created, and why that matters for us today. We spent the last month or so in Genesis chapter 1 looking at the significance of God as a creator seeing the goodness of creation. And then last week we looked at this fundamental idea that transforms how we live. That we are made in the image of God. That those around us are made in his image too. And so today we turn the page and we look at Genesis chapter 2 as we look at the final day of creation, the seventh day, the day where God finished his work that he had been doing and he looked at his creation enjoying what he had made. And he did something. Something that is so uncommon, so difficult, so countercultural for so many of us. He took a day and he rested. So this is our goal today, to ask ourselves why. 
What was the reason for rest? For God and for us. In an overworked world that often feels anxious and busy and restless, is it even possible? And what does it look like to live a restful life? What does it mean to practice rest daily? And as we remember the name of the series that we're in, how does this idea of rest point us towards the gospel? What is the good news that we can find? So if you have a Bible with you, turn with me to Genesis uh, chapter 2. We're going to read just the first three verses of this chapter. It'll be up on the screen as well. It says this. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So today let's start here with the purpose of rest. The purpose of rest. Uh, This was a big week for me. uh, My uh, birthday was on Thursday. I turned uh, 31 years old. And and I don't know if this is happening because I'm getting older uh, or because I'm a dad or because I'm a homeowner. But I've started doing things that I have never done before. Have you guys seen those commercials where people buy houses and turn into their parents? That's my life. Like, I don't like any new music. I think commercials are way too loud. I'm happy when it rains, like, for my plants, like, on their behalf. I'm like, oh, man, they really needed this. That's great. (laughs) This is true. This happened a few months ago. Um, I was was at home, and I was staring at my front yard out my window, which I never used to do either. Um, And as I was staring, this this kid walks by. He's probably 11 or 12, and he was walking his dog. And as they got to our yard, the dog started to go off the sidewalk onto our yard, onto the grass. And then the kid followed him. And they're both on my grass. And Judy had to stop me from going out and literally telling him to get off my lawn. (laughs) What is happening to me? This is the one that gets me, though. This is the one that, that made me think about this idea of rest. There is nothing that I can think of that is more peaceful than going outside and working in my backyard and cutting the grass and trimming the edges and then just taking a moment. And some of you know what I'm talking about, where you just survey all the work that you have done and you see that it is good. (laughs) So it's something I'm monitoring. I'm a little concerned, but we'll see where it goes. But this, though, I think is what we're seeing happen in our passage. Look again at the first couple of verses of Genesis 2. It says that the heavens and the earth were finished, all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So this is the question that so many people have asked. The question that maybe you asked as we read these words today. The question of... Why? Why would an all-powerful God, the one who brought all of this into existence simply by speaking it, why would he need a day off? Was he tired? Had he reached the limit of his divine stamina? Take that even further. If he was tired, why would he ever reveal that to us? Wouldn't he want to keep this image of a powerful God that never gives up and never grows weary? Why did God rest? 
How do we reconcile that with other descriptions that we see in Scripture? We see in John chapter 5, Jesus saying that my Father is working until now, and I am working. Psalm 121 says this in verse 4, that he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So how do we think about that? Why did God take a day to rest? This, I believe, is one of the most important things that we need to see today, that for God, rest was not about recovery. Rest was about cherishing, enjoying, and delighting in the things that he had made. God rested, that word literally meaning to cease, to stop. Not because he needed a nap, but rather because the basement was done and the backyard looked perfect and he saw what he had made and he saw that it was good. Rest, according to scripture, is so much more than simply dealing with fatigue. It is the act of enjoying God's creation. It's so important that we see this. It matters, doesn't it? That we have a God that does not grow weary. It matters that Jesus said what he did, that God is still working, that, that God didn't just create the world and set it off and hope for the best. It matters for those of us that feel like God has abandoned us or forgotten us or has left us on our own. It matters for those of us that feel overwhelmed as we look at the world and look at our lives and it just seems all too much. It matters that God is still working and still active and still creating good things for you and for me. God has not abandoned you. He's not asleep at the wheel. He hasn't left you behind. God did not need rest. He chose it to delight in the good. This is why God rested. So why then do we rest? What is the purpose of rest in your life and in mine? Let me offer just two thoughts for you today. First, rest protects us from finding our identity in our productivity. Protects us from finding our identity in our productivity. Rest, in other words, is a statement of faith that I am not defined by the work that I do. That I'm more than what I contribute to the world. That I am more than my paycheck or my status. That even when I rest and cease and do absolutely nothing, God still loves me. And that is enough. Rich Velotis, who's a, a pastor in New York City, put it this way in talking about uh, the Sabbath, this day of rest. He says that Sabbath is not just rest from making things. It's rest from the need to make something of ourselves. It is in rest that God invites us to stop being productive and simply be present. I don't know about you, but uh, it's hard to think of many things that are more counter to our culture than this. What an un-American dream this is. How often are, are these the waters that we swim in, where you meet somebody and one of the first questions that you ask them is, what do you do? And then they ask how you're doing and what do you say? Good, but busy. It's been a busy season of life. 
I've been in a busy season for about 10 years. I'm starting to think it's not going to just end on its own. And yet, how easy is it for this to become our identity? How easy is it for this to become a point of pride in my life, that I'm busy, that I'm successful, that I'm contributing something? I love how John Mark Comer puts it. He says that the Sabbath is the only one of the Ten Commandments that we brag about breaking. It's so easy, isn't it? To find our worth in our work. Whatever that work is, whether it's a nine-to-five job or going to school or raising a family or a volunteer cause or whatever fills your days. Those of us that are retired, maybe you experienced this when you left your career and maybe you had to refine who you are. This is what times of rest can offer us. A reminder that productivity is not what defines us that we are made in the image of God and his love does not depend on what we can produce for him. Rest protects us from finding our identity and our productivity. Here's the second thing. Rest reminds us of our reliance on God. I tried to fit in as many R words as I could. Rest reminds us of our reliance on God. This is what God declares in Exodus chapter 14. That the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. We see this in Psalm chapter 4 as well in verse 8. It says, in peace I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. This is what we're reminded of in rest. That it is only God's strength and only his power and only his protection that keeps me going. I love this quote. This is again from uh, John Mark Comer in his book, Garden City. Uh, He says, Sabbath is an expression of faith. Faith that there's a creator and he's good. We are his creation. This is his world. We live under his roof, drink his water, eat his food, breathe his oxygen. So on the Sabbath, we don't just take a day off from work. We take a day off from toil. We give him all our fear and anxiety and stress and worry. We remember our place in the universe so that we never forget there is a God and I'm not him. Rest reminds us that everything we have, our possessions, our talents, even our time, all of it belongs to God. Do you know how long a person can go without sleep? According to the internet, it's 11 days. I can't even make it till 11 at night. (laughs) 11 days, someone can go under their own strength and their own power as much as anything can really be yours. And God has been doing this since the beginning. The world does not depend on you and your work to keep on spinning. This is what resting does. And this, I believe, is why God made us with this need to rest, this daily rhythm where we feel it when we don't rest, don't we? To remind us just how vulnerable and fragile our lives truly are. And maybe today this is the reminder that you need, that it is not your strength that keeps you going. Rest points us to dependence and to humility. Because every breath and every step and everything comes from the one who has created us. This is the purpose of rest. Let's look next to the practice of rest. 
Uh, it's hard to believe this, uh, this March will be four years that I've been on staff here at Chapel Street. You guys haven't gotten rid of me yet, praise the Lord. Um, and this is uh, an interesting passage for me because this is actually uh, the first uh, passage th- that I've preached here that I've already done. Uh, we did a Sabbath series a couple weeks ago, and I preached these same verses, and I realized that there was one main difference in my life uh, since I preached this last, and it's that, that I have become a parent since then. And it's interesting, preaching about rest with a one-year-old. There are things that I'm seeing that I've never seen before. The Word of God is living and active. But I want you to imagine me studying and preparing uh, for, for this message. And at the same time, picture uh, my son, Luca, who's in a, a phase right now where we will put him to sleep, and he will sleep for about a half hour, and then he will wake up and pull himself up in his crib and scream and just refuse to sleep. In fact, I brought a picture with me. Um, that's him not screaming. I'm not sure how I managed to catch this picture. Uh, but he will go through this where he will just refuse to sleep. Anything we do, he just wants to be awake so badly. And so it's been this really weird week of, of dealing with this and also preparing this message, talking about rest. And it's been, for me, just this really clear picture of what's true for so many of us. That resting does not come naturally to us, does it? We fight it. It's challenging. It's difficult. So, Lord, I get the lesson. Let him sleep through it. But this is what I want to try to show you today, of just how often in Scripture God invites us. Rather than simply commanding it, rather than it simply being a law that we must obey, of how often God invites us to rest in his presence. We see it versed here in our uh, passage here in verse uh, 2. It says in verse 2 that on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work. Now, notice this, because I would never noticed this before. Maybe you have, but be patient with me. Think about this for just a moment. That this is the seventh day that God had created. But do you know what day it was for people? It was their very first full day of existence. And this is what God said we're going to do on your very first day. We're going to rest. A while ago, um, I started a new job. It wasn't this job, but on my first day of my new job, I showed up, and my boss didn't want me to do any of the usual, like, you know, HR paperwork that you do. He just wanted it to be a fun day. And so he took me out to lunch, and he showed me around the town. We had just moved to that city, uh, and we just hung out. And I was like, this is the best job ever. And then I didn't get paid on time because my paperwork wasn't done, and he never took me out to lunch again. So now I work here. But this is God's first day, his, his orientation to his people. Imagine showing up to a job or your first day at school and being told, you know what, we're just going to rest. We're just going to get to know each other. Just spend time in my presence. This is what God invites his people to, that life begins with rest with me. We see this over and over throughout the scriptures, even when it is uh, commanded to us. Look with me to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gate. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. 
This is the beginning of the law that he gives, the Ten Commandments that we see. And so often we miss this. So often we think of the law that God gives as simply a way to keep his people in line. A way to punish those who have done wrong. Do you know why God gave the law to his people? Because he loved them. And he knew what was best for them. The law is God reaching out and inviting his people into a way of life. Saying, if you want to find me, this is where I am. And in that law, one of the first things that God says is take a day off with me. That's where you're going to find me. God invites us to rest with him. We turn to the New Testament. We look to Jesus. We're told in Luke chapter 5 that he would often withdraw to rest and pray and sit in his father's presence. And do you remember what Jesus offered to his people? Look with me to Matthew chapter 11. This will be familiar to many of us in verse 28. He says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Come to me. If you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're carrying something, let me give rest to your souls. Can we pause here? I know you have heard this before, many of you. This is a familiar passage to a lot of us. And so it's easy to just walk right past it. But pause here. Because how many of us know exactly what that feeling is? How many of us today have walked into this space carrying a burden that feels heavier and heavier every single day? How many of us know what it's like to be weary? How many of us know what it's like to be burdened by the stresses and the anxieties and the things that this life brings? How many of us know the feeling that sometimes is even harder of loving someone, of watching them struggle, of watching them be burdened to not know what to do? Just pause and remember what Jesus said to you and to me and to those that we love so much. He says, come to me. Just come sit down. Just take a breath. Let me offer you something different and better and light. Let me put my yoke upon you. In other words, let me invite you into this life where I am the one guiding you and leading you and it is my strength and not Let me give rest to your souls. There are a lot of things that this world can offer when it comes to entertainment and recreation and self-care, and a lot of those things are good. But there is nothing that the world can offer you to give you rest for your soul. It doesn't know how. It is only in the presence of God that we find true soul rest. And this is what Jesus invites us to over and over again. He longs for us to receive this invitation. 
This is how we must think about things like the Sabbath, not as a legal obligation, not about something that we should do in order to be right with God, not as something that has to happen on a certain day. Sabbath was never meant to be a burden or a formula, never meant to be about rules and what you should and should not do. Sabbath is God, our Heavenly Father, knowing what's best for his children. Knowing that as much as we might fight it, as much as it does not come naturally, he knows that life is best when we rest with him. Rest was always meant to be a gift. It's an opportunity to spend quality time with your heavenly father, to do what you would do in any other relationship. To talk to him. To ask him questions. To listen for his voice and read the words that he has written. To go out and explore his creation. To enjoy the things that he's made. To eat good food and listen to music and spend time with each other. To slow down. To sleep. To take a break from technology and the news and the anxiety that those things bring. To remember and reflect and journal about who he is and what he has done. It's good to do this on a weekly basis. If you don't, I would encourage you to. It's one of the reasons that we worship together as a church family on a weekly basis. It's part of what Sabbath should be, but it's so much more and so much better and so much more beautiful than that. You are invited to rest, not just once a week, but every day and in every moment that you would lean on and trust in his strength and his goodness and his wisdom. Rest is a gift from a God who loves and knows what's best for us. Okay, last thing. Let's look at the promise of rest. The promise of rest. Verse 3, let me read this for you. It says that God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Okay, so here we see God do two things. He blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy. We see him bless this day. If you've been tracking with us in this series, maybe you remember that this is not the first thing that God blesses. Do you remember the first two blessings that we see in Genesis chapter 1? Go ahead and put it up on the screen. It's in verse 22 and in verse 28. We see God bless the animals and we see him bless us, people, mankind. And look at these blessings and look at the similarities in what God says. He says, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, this blessing is to go and create more life. And this is what we need to see here, that when it comes to this blessing of the seventh day, that rest is one of the most life-giving things that we can do. This is what's so interesting about this, that those who research this idea, no matter what they believe about God, agree. Studies have been done that show that taking regular days of rest improves your mental health, decreases addiction to technology, and can even lengthen your life. There was one study I saw that was done that introduced people to practicing the Sabbath. They did this for six months and had them practice a weekly Sabbath, and this is what they found. It said that Sabbath-keeping enhanced self-awareness, improved self-care, enriched relationships, developed spirituality, 
positively affected the rest of a Sabbath keeper's week, and Sabbath-keeping practices and philosophies evolved over time. In other words, the blessing of the seventh day, the blessing of rest, continues for us today. He blessed the seventh day, and then he did something that he had never done before. He set this day apart. He made it holy. The first time we see that word in all of Scripture. God does something when we take a day of rest that is completely unique in the world. It is set apart. There's something sacred about resting in his presence. You know this, right? Those of you that have taken time to rest and to slow down and to listen. It's different, isn't it? God shows up in a way that is unique. He uses rest to allow us to hear his presence and hear his voice in a way that we don't when we keep moving so fast. Rest allows us to reflect, to evaluate, to celebrate, to look forward. It allows us to cry and to hurt and to mourn, to breathe, to breathe in his mercy and his grace, to breathe out his praise. This is what God offers to us if your mind feels overwhelmed and your life too busy and things just too much. It's just rest. Here's the last thing I want you to notice. Go back to verse 1 and, and notice this, that rest comes when the work is finished. Do you notice that? That over and over this passage emphasizes that the work was done, that God was finished, that things were complete. It's the seventh day, this number that represented completion and perfection, that everything was done. It was only then that God experienced this rest. And this is why this matters, and this is why there is hope that we have today. Because for us to experience true rest, a work had to be done. Something had to happen. Something had to be accomplished that we could not accomplish on our own. And do you remember what Jesus said in John chapter 19 as he poured his life out for us? He said, it is finished. What was finished? The work was done forever. Everything that needed to happen for us to have relationship with him was done. There's nothing else that we have to earn, that we have to do, or that we have to achieve. This is what the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews uh, chapter 4 and verse 9. It says, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. This is the hope that we have. The promise that we have been given, that if today you have put your faith in Jesus, you can rest knowing that the work is This is the easy yoke that we have been invited to. A life that does not earn. A life that receives. This invitation that has been given to that. A day that never ends. Do you notice that unlike in the first six days, there's no, there was evening and there was morning the seventh day. 
this day was never meant to end. It was always meant to continue. This ability to sit in his presence. This is the invitation given to us today. This is what we remember as we come to the Lord's table for communion. So let's do this now as you take those elements with you. And as you take that out, let's take a moment to remember, to reflect, to sit in the presence of God. You can go and pull off that one tab with the bread in it. And as we take that out, we think back to the night that Jesus was betrayed. That he was preparing to do the work that we needed him to do so much. And he was with his disciples and he took this bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. He says, eat this and remember me. Let's eat together. You can flip your cup and take the other tab off as we think about later that night. We're told that after supper he took this cup and he said, this is my blood and in it is a new covenant. A new promise. A promise that we have access to his presence. He says, drink this and remember me. Let's drink together. Heavenly Father, we come to you now. God, we praise you for what you have done. We praise you that a work was done that could not be done by anybody else. Or that you have accomplished something great and you have invited us into that. Lord, I pray now for those of us that feel overwhelmed or anxious as if their life is just too busy and too much. God, would you help us to remember our reliance on you. Help us to remember your goodness. Help us to remember that you long to spend time with us, that there is nothing you want more. God, thank you for being here in this space. Thank you for the work that you did. We pray this in your name. Amen. As always, if we can be praying for you, please let us know. We're we're honored and happy to do that. We know life can be difficult. Yet we can rest in God's presence together. For today's benediction, I want to read to you those verses in Matthew chapter 11. Again, today, receive this word from the Lord. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Go in that rest today. Amen.